does Ben Simmons get traded in the next four days? Find out live with the Team Real Podcast. I know he's gonna get. He's not gonna get traded. He's gonna get traded. He's not gonna get get traded. Watch him get traded the moment we press the Welcome back to another episode of the Team Morale Podcast. We do our three favorite things, talk a little booze, a little bit of beer, and a whole lot of basketball. Ian the Tall Guy, back with you again for yet another Team Morale Podcast. You're welcome. We're gracing you with our presence. Yes, yes, we really are. That's why we do it. We do this for you. We love to brighten people's Wednesdays or Thursdays or whenever you guys listen, but we love to brighten people's days with our uh, drinking and basketball content. I don't even like doing this anymore. It's all for you guys now. It's all for the fans. We do it for our listeners. I've stopped liking Ethan a long time ago, and we're still here doing it. You liked me to begin with? (laughs) Yeah, at the start. At the start, there was a glimmer of hope. (laughs) Well, as, as it happens... In this time of the NBA seat off season, the NBA world, not a lot is going on. So, you know, we're we're revisiting some topics, but th- there has been one like storyline that has kind of captivated the entire off season, and that is the Ben Simmons drama saga escapade, whatever you want to call it. Whatever's going on between Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers has got the whole NBA on watch. I like the Simmons saga, if we're gonna name it. The Simmons saga. You I like, like that? I like that. I like the Simmons saga. I think yeah. it's so we're going through the Simmons saga right now, which anyone that you know stays in tune with basketball knows kind of what's going on there. Which is Ben Simmons was once deemed a very very good basketball player, and then the playoffs happened, and then everyone decided that he was horrible, and then the Sixers were like, ah, oh, but we want a, like a superstar for him, and everyone's like, well, we're not going to give you a superstar for him, so they haven't traded him yet, and now there's like a whole bunch of awkwardness that's happened. All the way to the point where the Sixers pretty much said, we're not going to trade you unless we think we're getting good value out of you. Ben Simmons said, it's not my job to raise my value. Please trade me. They're like, okay, well, if you don't come to training camp, we're going to fine you. He's like, well, do that because I'm not showing up to training camp. And here we are. Yeah, it's 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 a lose lose situation for both sides. Ben Simmons looks kind of immature and just like he looks like a bad teammate. I mean. His, his running mate, Joel Embiid, has expressed to the media several times like support for Ben Simmons and says, like, I want to play with Ben Simmons. I think we can win together. And uh, Ben Simmons has, you know, not only ignored it, but kind of like just bashed the organization a decent amount. Yeah. Um, and so Simmons looks bad. The 76ers, I mean, it's not great when it's clear that you've given up on a guy after like six bad games. Yeah. I he was, was like a, a DPOY candidate, had a very good, you know, 2020 uh like season looked really well um even in the first round of the playoffs looks pretty good it was an all-star and then had one bad series and they were just like nah you're bad now we give up on you i was gonna say like you mentioned how like simmons was bad mouthing the organization as soon as that series ended the organization was bad mouthing simmons like I forget what the exact question was, but Embiid basically was like, yeah, I don't know if he's good enough. And then they asked Doc Rivers, like, do you think that he could be the point guard of a championship team? And Doc Rivers was basically like, yeah, I don't know, which don't sound horrible, but like in the moment at the time, it was like, oh boy, like they are not saying something right now. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the one play that really signifies what happened to Ben Simmons in that, you know, Atlanta series was he was driving in the paint and he had a wide open layup and it decided to pass to a um, 
I think it was Matisse Thibel. Yeah. He passed to a cutting Matisse Thibel, which he should have taken the layoff, but it was also like not a bad play. But Matisse Thibel ends up getting blocked. They miss the free throws. They lose the game, whatever. But um, I do, Ben or Joel Embiid said something along the lines of we need players that will take shots. Yeah. Basically, like referencing that play and kind of like backhanding uh, Ben Simmons. But that was, again, in the moment, right after the game, like I, you can kind of understand the frustration, but then the GM months later said something along the same lines of like, we need players that will take shots, kind of referencing the fact that Ben Simmons doesn't shoot threes, the fact that he kind of stopped shooting because he was struggling so much from the foul line that he just couldn't really, um, he couldn't really drive because he was so afraid of getting fouled and missing free throws that he just didn't want to be put in that situation. Mm-hmm. So it, Ben Simmons did not play well for those six games at all. He definitely has holes in his game, but he's still a young player and still probably one of the best young players in the NBA. He just had a bad series and the 76ers gave up on him and he gave up on the 76ers. Well, the, the thing with Ben Simmons is he's obviously a very good regular season player. I think what they're worried about is him potentially not being a good playoff player. But anyways, this is the summation of why the Sixers are looking to trade Ben Simmons, right? Yes, absolutely. So what we're doing today is we, there is a list of teams that are like in the Ben Simmons sweepstakes right now um, that are looking to trade for Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons came out with like his own list of teams that like he'd prefer (laughs) to be traded to, which is funny because he has no say in that. Players sign contracts and then they're like, no, I want to get picky about where I want to play now. I just wanted the X amount of money, and now I want to pick where I play. And that's not necessarily how it works. The Sixers are going to send him wherever they're going to send him. It does, ben Simmons doesn't necessarily have all the leverage here. He has four years left on his contract. Wherever he goes, he has to play, or else he gets fined, or he has to just like retire or something like that. Anyway, so what we're going to do is we're going to pick our favorite destinations, what we think are the best overall deals for the Sixers, for Ben Simmons, for the other team, we picked, I have picked two, Ethan has picked two, and we are going to talk about what we think are the best overall deals and destinations for this trade to happen. Yeah, I, I said this was a lose-lose situation before. We have four opportunities to turn it into a win-win situation. Yeah. And that's what we are trying to do with today's podcast. But before we do. Ooh, a later, but before we do. We were talking I'll, for a minute. I'll be honest. I the, Halfway through, I was starting to get panic attacks. I was getting the sweats. I was like, oh, I haven't said it yet. Where am I going to fit this in? (laughs) Okay. But before we do, what we're talking about today is because we have got a little bit of a cat fight episode with the Simmons and the Sixers going on. We're bringing out the claws, the white claws. Oh, yes. I I got watermelon. And and I'm rocking lemon. You got lemon. But um, yeah, white claws. It's super fun. Um, we, you guys have reached out to us and requested that we do a few more like everyday drinks and less like not necessarily less local stuff, but stuff that more people can find and relate to throughout, you know, all of our listeners. So what more relatable than the White Claw? I mean, it's kind of replaced beer. It kind of has. So um, just before I even get into the history, I remember when White Claws was like kind of like a bitch drink. And I was like, I will never drink white. Are you kidding me? I'll never drink a white claw. And now here I am years later and I love white claws. They're, They've they're, won me over. The, the, the thing with white claws is it, it's kind of replaced like the white beer, the light beer, like the Natty Lights, the, you know, um, Coors Lights, the Bud Lights, just because there's actual like flavors and it's a lot more refreshing than like a dense beer. Yeah. A lot less calories and stuff like that. 
so the history of the White Claw, I got, got a little article here. Um, White Claw Seltzer uh, takes its inspiration from the legend of the White Claw wave when three perfect crests come together and it creates the perfect moment of pure refreshment. So that's like the, that's the logo, which I've never even noticed. And I think that comes from like a surfing thing where it's like when three way, like three perfect waves crest together, then it creates the White Claw wave. Interesting. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. So the owner is Anthony Von Mandel. He is a British Canadian. He start, actually started out in the wine industry where he was selling White Claw wine. Odd. Yep. Um, he was doing that back in the 1970s as through the 1980s. Then in 2016, that's when he decided to launch White Claw Hard Seltzer, an alcoholic seltzer, which had nine different flavors at the time. Um now, this is what I like is uh, by the summer of 2019, which is when we were in college, uh, it was reported that White Claw accounts ha- White Claw accounted for over half of all total hard seltzer sales and it increased 275% in 12 months. Yeah, it really like blew up. It went from like nothing to like, oh, it's kind of cool. Like it's a fun little like novelty thing to have around every once in a while to like, no, this is like our drink of choice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely blown up. It is now, uh, oh my gosh, it, it boosted over to $1.3 billion in sales for all of like seltzers, which like White Claw blew up the whole seltzer thing. Like, so like it was kind of like a thing that old people drank, seltzers. And then White Claws made them cool. Yeah, it, it, it definitely like just kind of took over the alcohol industry kind of overnight. Like mm-hmm. it, it went, again, it, it, it's now, in my opinion, kind of on the same level as like a Coors Light. It's just like, depending on your generation or like what you like to drink, you go for either the the hard seltzer out and now there's a million different hard seltzers. Everything's, everybody's trying to copy what White Claw did or like get their piece of the hard seltzer pie. Um, or you can go the beer route, depending on what your preference is. Or like, I feel like, you know, people our age trying to kind of like lean toward White Claws, whereas like the older, you know, people seven, eight years older than us, lean towards more towards beer and that's just my experience but i I feel like that's kind of the way it goes yeah no definitely white claw is a it was a crazy enigma i thought that it was just going to be a fad that was cool for a year or two and then kind of like faded out and is not only held through the last several years and through the test of time now but also there is a lot more companies that are jumping into the hard seltzer arena just because of what white claw unlocked so very, very cool. Yeah, trend setting for sure. We will um we'll revisit it. I won't say we'll talk taste later because we're drinking different it tastes you know, like a seltzer. <laughs> I was about to say and we're drinking different flavors. We'll revisit visit and talk about some of our favorite flavors and we'll we'll go into it again in a little bit here. But Mitch, why don't you start with your first team that you want to talk about here that could end this Ben Simmons saga in a win-win. All right. So I am gonna go the biased route right away and jump into what has been Kind of the most popular trade idea for Ben Simmons since the very start of this. I remember it was like one day after the Sixers lost in the series and Stephen A. Smith was on first take and he mentioned, I think that the, I think that they should trade for CJ McCollum. And so that has been kind of the overarching trade. I mean, obviously there would have to be other pieces involved, but the Blazers trading CJ and the Sixers trading Ben would be the crux of that trade. And it's kind of been the most talked about one. Yeah, it's a little interesting. Um, it's 
the value of Ben Simmons has definitely kind of risen and fallen over the course of the last, you know, couple of months. And for a minute there, they were, it was like, oh my God, they're only doing like Dame for Ben Simmons. And then that was kind of a thing when Dame was, you know, asking, potentially wanting to leave. And it was like, well, do you do a Dame for Ben Simmons in pieces? And now, now it sounds like it's kind of fallen back down to earth. And it's, it's a little bit more of the Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum swap. I think the Blazers would obviously have to give a few more pieces in that trade to make it work. I'm not sure what those pieces would be because it, it depends on what the Sixers want to do. But from a Blazers side, that put that pairs up Ben Simmons with Damian Lillard and kind of an, in my opinion, a little clunky pairing to both of them are very ball dominant. And uh, it, 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 Ben Simmons would have to, you know, change his game a little bit to be a little bit more Draymond-esque but it could be very success- successful. Well, yeah, and that's what him and Clutch Sports have been coming out. And they, you know, he came out and said, he's like, I don't really want to play in Portland. I don't really want to play in Toronto. And a, a big reason for Portland, A, not being the biggest of market. He obviously is a fan of being famous. And, but the other big issue was that he sees himself as a Magic Johnson on a team. He sees himself as like the guy running the offense the whole time where clearly you're going to be doing an entirely different role if you come to Portland, which is a bummer that he has that mindset and like isn't of the mindset like I want to go to a place that I think is going to be best for me basketball wise because I do think Portland is one of the better places where it's like he's going to have, he's going to have success because Portland will probably make the playoffs without him. If he was on the team, that just raises their ceiling even more to who knows what they look like if they have Ben Simmons. But if he could accept the like, I'm a secondary ball handler, and I still, I mean, he still would have the ball in his hands a lot. Dame kind of likes playing off ball too, because CJ loves shooting the ball. Like CJ plays on ball like plenty and you, Ben would just kind of slide in and doing that, but also play good defense. Yeah, and, and then looking at this from the 76ers side, you'd get CJ, you'd probably get a couple of the young assets that the Blazers have, maybe a pick, but adding CJ to that lineup of, you know, um, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Seth Curry, that's that's another Danny Green. Danny Green. CJ would almost have to turn into a little bit more of a point guard as opposed to a shooting guard, which he has been playing in Portland for his whole career. Which I will say, like, I've seen, like... For the first time, we kind of saw Dame like out for a long period of time this last season when he was out for like a month. And CJ was averaging about 28 points and like seven dimes a game. Like he was absolutely booling when he was like the main guy. I would really like to see CJ, you know, biasly, I'd love to see him go somewhere else and like really thrive because I do think that he's a really good player. Um, One of the other interesting aspects to this is from what I have read, it's mainly the Blazers that are saying no to this trade, which I think is really interesting. I mean, if you look at, and we can revisit this after we talk all of the teams that we're going to talk, but if you look at the teams that are kind of in the Ben Simmons sweepstakes, the Blazers are the best team in there. Yeah. And the Blazers, CJ is the best player that is available, like obviously available in like the straight Benson, up. In yeah. this Ben Simmons saga. Like, you know, the, the, their other options generally are to go younger, you know, go get some young guys or, you know, find some a bunch of old vets but cj is one like the only player that is clearly available that is in his prime that the that the 76ers could target and also kind of fits with the 76ers need and what they've been talking about what they want as far as like an, a shot creator a guy that wants to shoot threes 
there's other guys that they can get that play different roles, but they don't do that same thing that CJ does. So the whole thing is interesting. It's like the the Blazers have not come out and even remotely mentioned that they're even interested in this trade. I mean, I would I get it from their end because why would you trade for a guy who clearly said multiple times, "I don't, don't want to be, be there." there. Yeah. Like why that's just tanking locker room chemistry that's causing all sorts of unnecessary issues, especially when the Blazers are so like functional in the locker room like everyone seems to get along there's not really any discord at all there is discord you know for a minute there between dame and the organization and the direction but there's never been any discord between players no and, and so why why add a wrinkle in an unknown like that when you you have you know the pieces there to compete it's just you've got to be healthy and you've got to you know you're, you're looking for that 2011 mavs title run you're looking for the one-off you get hot at the right time and that's what you know, a lot of teams are looking for that. Not, not everyone's building dynasties. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what the Blazers are looking for. So they have the pieces to do that. They just have to get lucky at the right time and be hot at the right time. So why throw that away for a player that has said he doesn't want to be there? And the argument for that would be, you know, you think that Ben Simmons raises your ceiling enough. If he plays. To, if if, if, he, he, even, if he even shows up. Yeah. Right? Like he could not show up. The... The argument would be that Damian Lillard is such a good leader and such a good locker room presence that he will make Ben Simmons life enjoyable. I don't think anyone really thought that like the Portland was like a place that like Mello would really enjoy, but he came out and he's set, been nothing but complimentary. And like, he said that he wanted to come back to Portland, but Portland didn't actually reach out to him this off season, which was kind of interesting. But like, I think, the argument would be that Dame is such a good leader and such a good like locker room presence that he could turn, hopefully turn Ben around, but he might not. Ben could just not play. He could just be like, you know what? Screw this. I'm already famous. I'm already a millionaire. I'm just going to go do other things. And I'm just done playing basketball. And and I, and I think that's what the Blazers are worried about. Yeah. That's why they're saying no. But that being said, if it were to go, like if it were, to, if this trade were to happen, I think on the basketball court, both teams would benefit and become better because of it. I would agree. I, I would think, totally agree. I think CJ adds a, le a level of creation that um, Ben Simmons has, but he add, you add another shooter next to Joel Embiid so that paint opens up so much more. And then you go to the, you know, you go to Portland and you have Dame, and then you have Ben Simmons, the one of the best defenders in the league, a player that Dame has never even like sniffed playing with, like. Before. No, no, no. So that would be super interesting to see how he plays together offensively. It would allow another creator next to Dame who can get his own shot and get a shot in the paint, which is which will be nice uh, and be able to kick to Dame so he can have a little bit more um, catch and shoot to his game, which would be uh, saving his some mileage on his legs and 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 help him stay fresher for the playoffs. Exactly. So all in all, it would take CJ plus pieces, probably Anthony Simons, probably Nasir Little, possibly. Few many first um ben simmons has come out he doesn't really he said he doesn't really want to play the blazers haven't even mentioned that they're even remotely interested so even though this looks like one of the easier mock trades that you can make for ben simmons this i think probably is not going to happen but uh, who uh, is oh are you uh, looking at the no no I'm, I'm i'm talking i'm being ready to talk my team i was okay, gonna say okay. of the teams that we are like going to talk about, I think that one is probably the least likely. And I would point. agree. So um, going into clunky transition, yeah. What are you? Who is your team? So so the team that I am looking at here is another Western Conference team that um, is a going in a little bit of a different direction. They are going more towards a rebuild, and if Ben Simmons was traded there, he would definitely be the Magic Johnson type. 
mm-hmm. he was looking for, and he would get the leadership that I think he needs under one of the best coaches in the NBA, and that would be the San Antonio Spurs. Ben Simmons would be traded there um, and to play under Pop and 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 be a Spur. Um, the deal would definitely have to be focused around one Dejounte Murray. Um, I think that's the player that the the 76ers would want in this deal. He's a one of the best young defensive point guards in the NBA. Um, he's super young. He's on a decent contract, um, which is basically a $15 million deal. So it's not super expensive. It allows him a little bit of cap relief. He's an okay shooter, not a great shooter, but a really good defender, a really good creator, and a, uh, a pretty good slasher. Um, so it would allow them to kind of keep some of what Ben Simmons have in that defensive grit and that playmaking ability while adding at least a little bit of shooting. And he's still young, so he can grow in that aspect. But that $15 million deal isn't enough to get it done. So you'd have to add another player, probably like Derek White, who's making another 15 mil or Thaddeus Young. They also have Doug McDermott, who would be another like shooter to add to their team if they were to do that, making about 13. So they have the big contracts to get this deal done. You'd probably t- want DeJounte Murray, Derek White, and then take your pick, a young or McDormick, maybe Keldon, pick. I bet. Yeah, and throw in a young guy or something like that to get the deal done. My bet is that it would be DeJounte, Derek White, Keldon, and a first or two. Yeah. That would be my bet. The, 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 they're not getting a in-their-prime, ready, tailor-made player like a C.J. McCollum, but they're getting... And if, oh. if that were to be the deal, they would be getting DeJounte Murray, who's a good young, has a potential to be one of the best young defensive point guards in the NBA. You're getting a guy like Derek White, who's a spark plug off the bench. He already is, and that's just who he is. He's their next Patty Mills. He's a solid player. Yeah, he's not He bad. actually plays good defense, too. Yeah, and then you're getting, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Keldon Johnson, who is was a rookie last year, played really well, um, was on the Olympic team, played really well there, too. So definitely another young piece. So this definitely gets the 76ers a lot younger. Yeah, so 76ers get younger and they get deeper and what they keep saying, what they're looking for is we want an all-star level talent and I think that you're getting that, you're potentially getting that in either DeJounte or Keldon, whichever one steps up more. Keldon would have his feet being stepped on a little bit with the Tobias there. DeJounte would step in and be the point guard of that team and would be very much a defensive force. That that team defensively would be absolutely nasty with him, with Tybal, with Embiid, with Keldon. Like that would be a very, very good team. It's more of a, they're getting a lot of darts to throw at the board sort of thing than uh they're getting one guy that they know is gonna be good yeah this this knocks them back off their timeline a little bit um it, it, you know they were trying to compete and win a championship like next year i don't think this puts them there yet but the good news is Joel and beat is still young so like Ish. they have they have you know they have years to to get there and so um this would they'd still be good still locked for the playoffs and and could pop and you know not maybe I wouldn't say make a title run, but could win a couple of series. And as long as you have Embiid, you have a chance. But um, this this makes the fit on their team a little bit better. Like yeah. it, it makes it makes uh, you know Dejounte Murray still adds their you know point of attack defense that you need, but at least can step outside the paint and shoot you know mid range. He's actually a decent mid range shooter, but then he can also knock down threes. Well, the key is he'll at least try. Yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll at least he'll at least huck it up and give it give it a a good old college try. But because Ben Simmons isn't even attempting threes right now, which I think is what the main problem is. Like what that is what they're frustrated with. It's like bet like just try to shoot the ball, Ben. Like it gets very very annoying for the Sixers. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, last year Dejounte Murray shot 
let's see here, 31% from three. I live with that. So, and it's, so that's, that. that's not terrible. Um, 31, it's below, it's 31 below average, for three. But... I mean, he was, he actually shot 36 the year before. Yeah. It's so like, 36%. I, I mean, he doesn't shoot a lot. Like the like two years ago when he shot 37%, 36.9%, he shot 1.7 a game. Last year, he shot 31% on three attempts a game. So at least he's shooting threes. And I will go out there and say that, like, I think that, um, I think that DeJounte Murray very much has all-star potential. I've been very high on DeJounte for a long time. And I think going to a team like the Sixers and having more expectation, more role, and on a team that's already good right now is just going to boost them up even more. I'm a big DeJounte guy. So I think that they would be getting their all-star caliber guy and some other pieces. I think that they could be in title contention faster than we think. Yeah, absolutely. And then from the the Spurs side, you're getting Ben Simmons and allowing, you know, Pop to have one more chance at like building another team around a, a young, a great young player. Yeah. And uh, hopefully he wants to be there. Hopefully he doesn't get frustrated with how small of a market it is. Hopefully he's cool with being in San Antonio and realizes the opportunity he has to work under the tutelage of a pot of a uh, Greg Popovich because not everyone gets that opportunity. And that could be a great way to spin his entire career around. Yeah. And, and, in the San Antonio is a small market, but basketball wise, there's so much history and so much like tradition and like history of winning there that it doesn't really necessarily feel like a small basketball market. Yeah. But I feel like for him, it's not about the basketball market. It's about the media market. Like he wants to be in a place where he can like take all of his like rich, famous friends and like go do fun stuff. Yeah. That's a good point. But I mean, I, I just feel like if he were to be traded to the Spurs, pop would kind of knock some of that out of him a little bit. Pop is very good at like, getting through to players especially like prima donna like players and like making it so that they um they are like you know what well willing wow willing to bring that lunch pail to work and like put that nose to the grindstone and play spurs basketball i mean you you would hope because he could be he could be amazing in that role he could absolutely be the magic johnson he could play with can we just knock your microphone all over the place oh my god <laughs> Or a mess right now. I have half a white claw. <laughs> Such a basic bitch over there. If I have a white claw spill over you, knocking your mic over. Um, it, it could be a really good situation for him to turn his career around. It also could be another situation where he just wants to continue to be a prima donna because Pop has dealt with prima donnas, but he also has dealt with like some of the most professional superstars in the history of the game. Yeah, but he's he's handled, you know, situations. I mean, you can't coach the Olympic team and not deal with prima donnas. Yes. And I'm, so I'm, I'm he, with you. He knows how to handle, you know, prima donnas. And I and I don't think anyone would shy away from saying Ben Simmons is a prima donna. It's just he I think if there's a coach that could get through to him in a place that not necessarily is on Ben Simmons wish list, it would be pop. And that is fair. And I and ready to move on to talking about some white claws some more. Yes. White claws. Okay, so Ethan, what is your favorite flavor of White Claw? Um, I've got a couple. I, I like the lemon. I'm a big fan of the lemon. I like um, tangerine. I'm a really? fan. I'm a fan of watermelon, and then I, I like black cherry, which seems to be the generic one that everyone likes. Black cherry is my favorite one by far. I really like black cherry. I always so these the new pack that they came out with, which is like the tangerine, lemon, watermelon, and something I, I else. Mango. Mango. Well, I don't like mango. I don't like mangoes in general. Really? Like the just you don't like, like mangoes? Yeah, they're just they're they're kind of plain. They're just like I mangoes? don't I just don't get a lot out of mangoes. Mangoes are not plain. Yeah, mangoes are yeah, I just don't get a lot out of it. Plain. Yeah, they got that yeah, it's just kind of like a 
eh, it's a meh thing for me. I just don't like I, I if I have mangoes in my fruit salad, I'm not going to like necessarily pick around it. Like I'll still eat it, but I'm not going out of my way to like buy or order a mango in anything. Interesting. I just I'm hung up on your wording of plain because there's so much like juice in your it's like a burst of flavor. It It's mango flavor, but it's a burst of something like flavor in your mouth. So like it's just like it's a lot of water and I don't know. I just don't get a lot of I don't get a ton of flavors out of mango. I know you get mango flavor out of mango, but it's just like <laughs> like might as well be eating a cantaloupe, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, they've been doing this for a while. Like what, like what is in their first box? What was the first flavor? So, so the first round of flavors was uh natural lime. I like lime. Yeah. Lime was a good one. Raspberry, which was meh, oh, hit yeah. or miss, uh, ruby grapefruit and black cherry was, okay. the, was the original box. And that was like the only flavors they had for probably a little over a year. Okay. I will say there is one flavor that I will have that I dislike more than mango like actively dislike. actively i i don't is, mind I, I, mango I, I will drink mango and it's not gonna bother me yeah don't like grapefruit which is funny because i feel like that's a common one that people don't like it's kind of like a grapefruits in general just have like really bitter flavors you know it's, it's funny just, to me they're designed not to be like the same you might get a hint of something else here and there <laughs> I mean, like, yeah they all kind of, <laughs> yeah anyways the Fair. second pack that came out a little bit later again i, I guess like a year probably so afterwards had um, tangerine, lemon, watermelon, and mango. That's what we have. That's the pack that we're That's drinking today. That's the pack today. that we got. Yes. And the then, watermelon. I and love then, watermelon. And then the last pack that came out um, pretty recently, I would say in the last couple of months, mm -hmm. I would say, has mango, strawberry, blackberry, and pineapple. So mango repeating to Mitch's dismay. Yeah. I, why is mango? Isn't it all three? No, it's, no, only, it's, in the, it's the only in the last one. two. Yeah. Why, why are we making mango such a thing? Yeah, I don't know. And then they've got two other like packs um, that are like different. They have like their iced tea one, which is White Claw iced teas, Fair. which are iced tea lemon, iced tea raspberry, iced tea mango, and iced tea peach, nah. which I've never had. And then they have the Surge, which has more alcohol content. Um, it, it's, okay, I can it, get they're, behind they're, that. They're darker cans, but they have a little bit more alcohol content to them. And they- um, They should just be 100% alcohol. They should just make yeah, vodka. They, they go from- um, a five point whatever percent to an eight percent five point oh yeah five point oh to a, an eight percent um alcohol content but that one's blackberry natural lime blood orange and cranberry i'm behind i i'm very much behind the surge ones i think that that's my favorite of all of them <laughs> i've actually never had the surge ones. you haven't no they taste just as good and they get you more drunk they've got more of the fun juice more, more, more of that adult juice that daddy juice right there. Um, but yes, so White Claw, uh, again, you guys have asked for more, you know, national drinks. And this is found all over the place. You can we find get, it We got you as basic deck. as possible. There yeah. you go. White Claws. Yeah, we, we if, you can't, if you can't find a White Claw, you got a problem in we, your city. We may have overcorrected and yeah. just gone with the most basic thing we can find. <laughs> but here you go. We've got it. Um, let's jump back into these win-win trades here. You've got one more. I've got one more. Let's each, you know. Or let, you can go first. We'll talk about your your next one. All right. My next one is uh, a team that has been very, very active. This is a team that absolutely wants Ben Simmons. They have been very vocal about how they think Ben Simmons launches them to a different tier of basketball team, and that is the Minnesota Timberwolves. The old Timber Pups. Yeah, it's interesting. 
as this Ben Simmons saga has gone along, the Timberwolves now are like the front runners. I would say they're, yeah, they're leading the um, leading the you know Simmons sweepstakes uh, as wow we said two different things Simmons sweepstakes um, at this point in time at least that's what the media is leading us to believe the deal would have to be centered around D'Angelo Russell who would be traded for I think the fifth time in his career and I don't think he's like 26 years old yet yeah poor D'Lo and so here's a funny thing to me is something that I think Patrick Beverly actually is going to bring to this team is like they don't seem like they have much competitive spirit inside of them and going and getting Ben Simmons just does not seem like it fixes that problem like when Jimmy Butler is outwardly hating everyone on that team because it feels like they don't want to win. And then we are all like, oh, Jimmy's an asshole. And then Jimmy goes out and becomes like one of the nicest, most beloved players. And everyone's like, ah, maybe that's just a problem in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been said, it's been said about Cat several times before that, um, and Cat being Carl Anthony Towns, their best player. Um, he just has a hard time giving his all in the game. He's obviously super talented, one of the best young players. I think people forget how young he is. Mm-hmm. And like how dominant he is when he's engaged. But the hard part is getting him engaged. And maybe it's just hard to be engaged when your team doesn't win. Yeah. You know I, mean? I mean, it's like, hard to, it's hard to like keep throwing stuff at the wall when it never sticks. Exactly. So, and th- I know that he had a lot of injuries last year and it was Delo's first year with the old timber pups. And so maybe it'll be better off, but I would have, so the Timberwolves have been saying that they want to make the trade while being able to retain, um, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns and want to get Ben Simmons. They want to add him to that group. I don't see how that's possible. That, D'Lo has to be in the trade. That That's not going to happen. That's impossible. That's not going to happen. D'Lo will have to be in the trade. And it would, I mean, because D'Lo fixes, coming from a 76ers point of view, D'Lo kind of fixes a lot of your problem. He's a mm. great, a great shooter, a good passer, a willing defender. He's long. He's got the tools to be a decent defender. He's like 6'5". Yeah, he's a, he's a tall, tall, dude. tall, long guard um, that, you know, could could definitely develop on the defensive end. I wouldn't say he's a great defender right now, but he has the tools to be a good defender. And um, he's very good at, like, playing that, like, get the ball to the best player role. Yeah. Like, he did that, you know, it, when, he was in, um, when he was in Brooklyn, and it was, like, him and Dinwiddie and... Um, all those guys over in Brooklyn and they they overperformed. It was like D'Lo was, yes, he was scoring a lot, but he was also so good at getting the ball where it needed to be when it needed to be there. He's definitely an underrated facilitator. Like, I think D'Lo went from being overrated when he was an all-star with Brooklyn to being on a horrible team in uh, Golden State and now being on a bad team in the Minnesota to now being underrated. And almost forgotten. Yeah, people have kind of forgotten that like he was an all-star at like 22 years old or whatever it was, you know, three years ago. And the number two overall pick, I believe. Yeah, something so, like, like that. He, he was a very highly recruited player, um, played at Ohio State, very good there too. But yes, he would solve a lot of the problems that Philly is having on their offensive end, he might, you know, you might need to develop it more on the defense end, but offensively, he's exactly what they're looking for. Yeah, I really like the fit for Philadelphia because if you add D'Lo, because you're getting more pieces than just that. So you're probably getting D'Lo, you're probably getting Malik Beasley, you're probably getting some other things somewhere, and you're probably getting multiple first round picks. So you add first round, you add Minnesota first round picks to your arsenal of picks, which, which is very ask, always valuable. Just ask the Golden State Warriors how valuable Minnesota yeah. <laughs> first round picks are. Yeah, no shit. Uh, so that is always a valuable thing. 
You also get a really good player that I think will complement uh, Embiid well because not only does he play the position and have the attributes that you're looking for in a guy next to Embiid, but he knows how to be the number two next to a big man. Yeah, he does. You know what I mean? He learned how to do that next to Cat this year, and he goes and does that with a better player. So I like this on the Sixers' end, and I also like this on the T-Wolves' end too. Yeah, from the Timberwolves' perspective, I mean – Ben Simmons comes in and he gets to do exactly what he wants to do, which is, you know, run the points, be that Magic Johnson type of player where he is just kicking out to shooters. He is the offense. Cat can, you know, do his thing back to the basket every once in a while, but Cat's really best when he's shooting threes. He is so, he's such a good three-point shooter for a big man. So the, the ability to have Cat be one of the best big men shooters in the NBA and stretch the floor will help Ben Simmons out so much because it opens the paint up immensely. Joel Embiid shoots threes and he shot okay this year. He shot league average. Cat's like a 40% three-point shooter. Mm -hmm. Like you have to close out on Cat. You can't can't help off Cat. And so it allows the paint to open up exponentially because you could help off Embiid when he's out, out on the perimeter. You can't do that with Carol Anthony Towns. And another piece that we haven't even talked about yet is Anthony Edwards, the most recent number one overall pick, who looked really good this year. Yeah, absolutely. He He's another piece that could definitely develop and uh, definitely be like their wing for the future. Like yeah. their, guard, their, their two guard, their three guard, depending on how you want to play them. But when you add a guy like Ben Simmons who can, you know, facilitate the offense and kick to all these players. And then they can, you know, either secondary drive or, you know, and you still can post cat. Don't get me wrong. Cat's got his back to back basket game is incredible. But the thing that will help Ben Simmons out the most is he's surrounded by shooters. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, they got a lot of good pieces already there with your Josh Kogis and a lot of other solid dudes there in Minnesota. I think Anthony Edwards might even be the best scorer on that team. I know it's early. I know you have Carl Anthony Towns, but there's a chance that Anthony Edwards turns out to be the best player out of that trio. But that trio, that trio might get you to the playoffs. I mean, and that's what you're looking for. And that's what you're looking for. That trio will definitely improve your team. You'll be better than you were last year. And it might get you to the playoffs. You're right. It I th- might. I think that you're better than the Pelicans. Yeah. In my opinion, I think that you're better. And if that's the team that's kind of fighting right now for that 11, 10 spot for to get into the play in, if you can be better than them, then you got a shot at the play in. And you got a shot at the play in, you got a shot at making the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, does it make Minnesota a title contender? No. But does it make a better? Yes. Um, let's move on to my last team here. The last team we're going to talk about, um, on this podcast today. And that would be a, probably the biggest wild card in this entire situation. And they've been a wild card for the last decade, um, with the way they construct the team and the way they just always find the way into superstar sagas. And that would be the golden state warriors. Yep. This is, uh, this is the only team that Ben Simmons actually wants to go to that, is available. So Ben Simmons came out with a list of teams that he wants to go to, and he he called them the three California teams, which is a bit disrespectful, being that there's four of them, and we think we all know exactly the team that he left off. It's the Kings, it's y'all. The, it's, it's Sacramento. People just forget that that's a city in California, I think. It's also the capital. <laughs> of the damn state. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so he said, like, I want to play for the Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors, where it's like, duh, like, no shit. Every NBA player wants to play for the Lakers, Clippers, or Warriors. Now, I I was mentioning this to Ethan earlier, that the Clippers have an interesting opportunity where they actually could afford Ben Simmons if they actually wanted to make a deal, but I don't see that happening. Um, What I do see happening is potentially a Warriors trade, which would have to include probably Draymond. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors have came out and said that they want to try having Draymond and Ben Simmons on the court at the same time, but I don't think they're fooling anybody when that that fit doesn't work. That's too clunky. You can't have two guys that are afraid to shoot in your starting five. Yeah. They do kind of the same thing. They're both great defenders. They're both great facilitators. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Ben Simmons just looks like the younger version of Draymond right now, where he's just, you know, all over the place defensively, a great passer, um, but he doesn't have the three-point shot that Draymond had, and Draymond has never been a great three-point shooter, but again, he's at least willing to attempt them. Um, so you can't add a guy who's worse at shooting threes than Draymond to your starting five. You can't. And so it almost you're almost left either trying to do a three-team because I don't think that the 76ers want Draymond either. I don't think so. I don't want... I mean, I wouldn't want Draymond. So I think that if, if this was a straight-up trade without a third team, it would look something along the lines of... Draymond, Wiseman, Moody, Kaminga, and a first or two. Yes, and that and and Draymond helps the Sixers win now, but then you get two young, super young guys. So it's it's kind of a clunky looking trade just because like you're getting, you know, a guy on the tail of his prime, if he's still even considered in his prime, that's going to help you try to win now. And then you have two guys that are like probably two of the more raw prospects in the draft this year. They these guys need a couple of years to get ready for the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I've really liked what I've seen out of Kaminga and Moody so far, but I mean, you're getting raw prospects. I mean, it doesn't help. These guys right aren't now. like polished, you know, NBA ready players. These guys are super freaky athletic, super, super, super raw, and like are going to need a little bit of refining before they're you can unleash them on the court. And also, what's the point of having of getting Wiseman? There's no yeah, point to get no, Wiseman. There's you know? no point. That, to get that doesn't help there. you. No. Like neither n- that trade just doesn't make a lot of sense. That's why. We're looking at like a three-team trade. I like to joke around and say like, oh, we'll give you, we'll give the Sixers seat. Blazers will give the Sixers CJ and then they'll take Draymond and Ben Simmons will go to the Warriors. But you need something along the lines like that because the straight up pieces for, from the Warriors to the Sixers does not make sense on the Sixers side. Yeah, you're almost left looking for like a team that has like that ready to go like superstar that like is unhappy, like a team like Bradley Beal, for example. Mm-hmm. And Bradley Beal goes to you know the 76ers and becomes their you know pseudo point guard two guard whatever you want to call it you either run seth curry at the one or you run bradley beal at the one whatever you take all the young guys that golden state has you toss them over to you know the washington wizards who are clearly if they get rid of bradley beal they're in rebuild mode so now they have a bunch of young assets and then you get ben simmons over to the warriors yeah yeah, I mean, that, that is one, I mean, that is going to have to be the blueprint of how they're going to make this happen. If the Warriors are genuinely want Ben Simmons, they've said many times that they don't want to trade Wiseman. They said that they don't want to trade Draymond. They said they don't want to trade Clay. And it's like, okay, well, you're not getting Ben Simmons. Right? <laughs> it's, it's almost like, as if like you have to give up something at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Warriors, you can't just fleece everyone in the league and continue to just like keep getting Kevin Durant for nothing. Yeah, it's, like that only happens once. Yeah, so um, it would be interesting um, to see if you're the Warriors, though, and let's say you are able to offload Draymond somewhere and you get Ben Simmons, what are you looking at as a team there? Well, you're, so 
one thing that really that really does for you is it makes you younger. You have a chance to have a building piece going forward because let's be honest, Draymond does not look like the same Draymond. Clay is coming off of not playing the last two seasons, and Steph is going to turn 34 this year. So your guys are on their way out. If you are able to flip your pieces and get Ben Simmons, you are now bringing in your new young building block to not only help you win now with Steph and with Clay, but once they leave, you can turn to him to be your new centerpiece. Yeah, it it prolongs your competitive basketball window is what it does. Um, Because with Ben Simmons, you will still be competitive. You might not, you might, you don't need to go into like a complete rebuild. Mm. You know, you, you have the building blocks there. And if they were able to keep a couple of their other young guys in the trade as well, again, this is the hardest one to break down because like the other one is like this guy for this guy, what do they look like on their new teams? This guy, this trade, we're not entirely sure where everyone would be going because again, it's gotta be a three team. It, ha- it it seems to me like it would probably have to be a three team. The straight up pieces don't make sense unless the unless the Sixers go kind of just two K mode and like we're just gonna get the best players that we can. We think they the tried Warriors- that already. Yes, they they, <laughs> they did. They did that and it didn't work. And I mean, it could be more than a three team. Like we've seen trades in the NBA go five six teams all you know flipping mm-hmm. players around. It gets it gets crazy. So I mean, a trade like that could definitely shake up more than just the Warriors and the Seventy Sixers. Yeah, but I think that we did a pretty good job. I think we kind of broke down the main teams that are looking at this Ben Simmons trade. Yeah, real quick, do you want to list off some of the other teams that are kind of in the saga? We don't need to break them down completely, but like some other teams that are, you know, in the running. Yeah, here's the here's some of the other teams that are in the Simmons saga sweepstakes. And that is, uh, you got Toronto, which Ben Simmons came out and said he doesn't want Toronto, but that would be a package centered around Pascal Siakam. Um, you have the Sacramento Kings, which he did not list as one of his three California teams that he wanted to play for, but that package would center around a Tyrese Halliburton or a buddy healed or something like that. Um, and those are kind of the main teams that are looking at At one point. I heard the heat were interested, but they, I don't think that's serious. I've also heard the Celtics kicking around the idea as well, like a Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons. I wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't do it either, but I'm just saying like yeah, that, that that's I have heard that too. That they also kicked around. It's interesting. And this could be one of our, last point here but it's interesting that it's mostly western conference teams it is it's because the western conference is so difficult right now everyone's trying to get that edge up and getting arguably the best perimeter defender in the entire nba who stands at 610 and is also one of the best playmakers in the nba he is a difference maker especially when his value is as low as it is like we we don't know what his value is at all no like not even a little bit like i mean you saw what harden went for and harden didn't go for nearly what we thought he was going for and i mean ben simmons has had his value tanked recently and he i would put him on the same you know level as like the chris Tapps porzingis right now where it's like the the mavs have been shopping chris Tapps porzingis for a while and they keep getting met with offers like well we think he's better than that and the rest of the league is like not really like well we don't yeah Yeah. the rest of the league is like you guys think he's that valuable the rest of the league does not i'm guessing that's something similar happening in philadelphia yeah and another issue is that um the ben ben simmons almost netted them james harden last year and if that's where your headset, your mindset is at, where it's like, we think that we can get a genuine superstar for Ben Simmons, like you almost got hard in last year and you don't want to settle for less, that is where they are now a rock is hitting a hard place. Yeah, it's, again, a tough spot for both parties involved. I don't think that we are close to seeing a resolution. I wouldn't be surprised 
if this bleeds into the regular season. And they, it, at that point, it'll be very interesting to see if Ben Simmons actually shows up and plays games. Yeah, who holds out? It's the uh, the immovable force. It's the, what is it? The unstoppable force versus the immovable ob- object. Yeah, both, that's what we're both running into right are now. Are stubborn and both are. You know, we're probably going to run into another Kawhi Anthony Davis situation where they're just not going to be playing, and so. It'll be interesting to see. We'll definitely keep you updated here on the Team Morale podcast. This was a fun little spinoff of just what's been happening. This this story has been, you know, the one that's prevalated the entire, you know, offseason and and kind of, you know, been running through the whole things. Other trades have been play, happening, you know, players are signing all over the place. But the one constant was where is Ben Simmons going because he's not coming back to the 76ers. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, we brought out the claws. We brought out the claws because Simmons and the Sixers have been bringing out their claws. Thank you for joining us, White Claw. And uh, I sure hope that this gets settled soon where Simmons finally goes to the Trailblazers. (laughs) Simmons to the Blazers. You heard it here first, everybody. (laughs) All right, Mitch. Cheers to another podcast. Cheers, man.